Welcome into another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net, and your host for the WSN podcast. This is actually uh, podcast number two for us this week. Earlier, we had uh, our boys basketball playoff preview with Mark Miller. Came out on Tuesday afternoon or Tuesday morning. Uh, great conversation with Mark. Got his thoughts on uh, on boys hoops and kind of where things stood with the tournament. Uh, you know, favorites, uh, breakdowns of each division, some of the the potential impacts of all the changes on uh, on the the playoff structure this year, the the divisional changes, the you know reseeding of sectionals, all that good stuff. Uh, some some great thoughts from Mark today on the on the podcast uh, as we record on Wednesday, February seventeenth. We're going to take a look at girls basketball, and, and we are into sectional play for girls basketball. We're going to take a look at uh, previewing these sectional contests and a little bit of a look back at regional action that took place last week. And of course, to do that, we bring in our very own Norbert Durst, girls basketball writer at WSN, also our content manager. Norb, uh, we're, we're here. We are into the playoffs, and so far, for the most part, so uh, so good in terms of the number of teams that have been able to play. We haven't seen a ton of, of cancellations. I know, unfortunately, Hillsborough had to drop out of their sectional game, but uh, it's good to be to this point in, in looking forward to uh, a, a tournament, a completed tournament that we didn't get last year. Yeah, definitely. You know, as you mentioned, there were some forfeits and, um, you know, unfortunately, some of those teams weren't able to play. But, you know, for the most part, we haven't lost any of those those big time teams, so those those matchups that we're looking forward to in sectional play are are here and ready for it. Well, before we start to look ahead at sectionals, let's take a second and, and look back at regional play. Um, not surprisingly, for the most part, it's it's chalk. It's some of the top seeds that have uh, that have advanced to sectionals. Um, I think I counted sixty three out of eighty. Number one seeds advanced to uh, to sectional play, which is not uncommon in girls basketball. Um, but just kind of from a, a large scale perspective, what did it seem like the changes to the the regional structure uh, do this year with you know smaller regional groupings, five or six teams as opposed to either eight teams or or, or sixteen teams in some of the bigger divisions? What did that mean? Did it did it create more more competitive games? Did it seem like did did it have any impact at all? Do you think? You know, I think it definitely uh, made for a lot more competitive games, you know, across all five divisions. Um, and then it made for, you know, in some of those those regional groupings, you know, sectional type uh, matchups, which, you know, uh, unfortunate that, you know, those games are played in regional play. But, you know, that's with those regional gr- groupings as strong as they were, you know, that that just set up those matchups, you know, like uh, Appleton East and Kimberly playing in a regional final or uh, Ken Moraine and uh, Waukesha West, who had been playing very good basketball before falling to Ken Moraine. Um, and those those early games where normally we'd see those in a sectional sectional contest. But I think overall, you know, again, across the, the five divisions, just a lot more competitive games um, in that, those uh, first two uh, rounds there. That Kimberly-Appleton East game you referenced, that was a one-point game. Kimberly won 77-76. Uh, I, I did not see kind of the the story out of that one but that had to have been one of the better games in uh in regional week yeah it definitely was and uh for appleton east uh they did get a shot off uh, right before the horn emily la chapelle uh, standout junior for the patriots 
you know, she got in the lane, had a floater up and just wouldn't fall. So that one, you know, as you mentioned, that was a very fun contest to watch. Um, so it was able to, uh, you know, see some really good games in that regional finals. I think as I looked at it anyway, uh, one of the biggest surprises of that regional week was Brookfield Central losing their first game. It was it was not a first round game. It was technically a second round game on Friday, but lost to Wauwatosa West 58-55 after having beaten Tosa West twice during the regular season by an average of more than 20 points. Uh, is that one of them that stands out as a, a, a bigger upset that occurred in regional play? Yeah, that would be the biggest upset in my mind in, in regional play, especially as you mentioned in a regional semifinal. You know, it, it's one of those things where you play a team twice in the regular season. You know, that team knows a lot about you. And, you know, if you don't and not saying they didn't come ready to play, but, you know, maybe Tosa West just, you know, just had their number that night. And and uh, that, that's just how it goes in the postseason. But, you know, Brickfield Central had an outstanding season. They're a team that I expected to get to the state tournament. But, you know, that's how the tournament goes. And one loss and you're done. One of the things that, that we talked about with Mark on, uh, on the podcast uh, that he was kind of interested to see how it played out was the the impact of the different number of games that teams played uh, during the regular season. You had teams that played 24 games, and you had some teams, like some teams in the Madison area, that were only able to get in a handful of games during the regular season. Interestingly enough, Sun Prairie and Verona, who both uh, played uh, smaller schedules during the regular season, did advance into sectional play. Uh, did we learn anything there or anything stand out in terms of you know, the, the number of games played and what that meant for opportunities and success in the uh, in the postseason? You know, I think both of those two teams, uh, Sun Prairie and Verona, even though they didn't play, you know, that, that schedule that, you know, the majority of the state played, they did go out and play some very good teams. So I think that that prepared them while, you know, a, a not a, a lot of number of games to kind of figure out what kind of team they are, definitely prepared them to get ready as well as they could be for the postseason, And both of those teams are, you know, uh, um, very capable of, of winning in, in sectional play. You know, Sun Prairie has Arrowhead, obviously a tough team, got the one seed, and and Verona um, traveling to Kenna Moraine, who got the two seed. But, you know, I think both of those games should be very competitive. Anything else we need to kind of put a bow on from regional play? Anything else that stands out? Games, performances, players, uh, upsets, anything like that? You know, I think for the most part, we went through uh, the big ones as far as regional play went. All right. Well, let's turn our attention to sectionals then. And we'll continue our conversation with Norbert oh. Durst, our, our girls basketball writer at WSN, and, and look at sectional play. And let's kind of break it down division by division. And, and we'll start with Division One. Um, what are we looking at in Division One? What things stand out? Maybe uh, what's the best matchup at sectional play at, at the sectional semifinal level in Division One? Uh, I would have to say uh, Hortonville at home against DePierre. That's a definitely an intriguing matchup. DePierre only has a, a couple losses, three losses on the season, I believe. And, you know, uh, going to Hortonville, who, you know, has a, quite a few bit more uh, losses, but they did play in the FVA. The FVA um, is, is definitely the strongest league in the state this year. You know, uh, the depth has been very good for in that conference. And, you know, that, that should make that game very intriguing. Also, uh, Beaver Dam, you know, <clears throat> despite um, lo losing Maddie Wilk early in the year, 
Um, they did they did get, get uh, Gabby Wilkie back for a short time, but it sounds like she's probably done for the season now um, with a knee injury. Tried to get through it, but uh, um, she could be shelved for the rest of the season. They travel to Germantown, and you know even though Germantown's got that high high flying offense, you know um, Beaverdam has still find found ways to win. So you know even though they don't have the the star power, it's going to be interesting to see if they can stay with that Germantown team. All right, uh, Division Two. Uh, you know, you mentioned G- uh, Beaver Dam, and of course, they had won the past three championships in Division Two, and, and we talked about them throughout the season. the The impact of them moving up, uh, the impact of Maddie Wilkie's injury, um, and how it changed things and opened things up in Division Two. So, what are we looking at in Division Two? What things stand out? What are What are some of the better games? Uh, you know, any of the favorites uh, get knocked off, or, or maybe not looking so good to this point? Um, as we look at Division Two, you know Division Two is, uh, you know, I think for the most part a lot like we expected. There's certainly some upsets here and there, um, but uh, in Division Two, I, I really like the matchup between uh, Freedom and Xavier in that sectional semi. Um, the winner of that game most likely getting Notre Dame, who has just been um, rolling through their opponents. You know, they only lost one game this season. That was an early contest against Kimberly who uh, is the top-ranked team in Division One and, and my favorite to win Division One? So, uh, you know, Notre Dame is definitely um, who everybody's trying to beat in Division Two. but you have teams like Reedsburg, who has been playing good basketball, um, and, and on the uh, the strong uh, sectional four, which, you know, usually is strong in the Milwaukee area, um, a potential matchup between New Berlin-Eisenhower and um, Pius Catholic looms, you know, in a sectional final there. But uh, Martin Luther does play uh, Pius in a sec- in a sectional semi, and that one should be an excellent game as well. Division two, full of uh, full of intrigue, and again, a, a division that's much more open with uh, with Beaver Dam moving out and, and with some other teams moving out. So uh, one that we're looking forward to, and, and uh, my Reedsburg Beavers having a very good season under Coach Mark Simon as well. And that's a, a very young team, uh, no seniors on that uh, on that roster. So one that should be, uh, you know, not only in the mix for a state run this year, but potentially for a couple of years here. Division three, Norb, um, you know, we've got Aquinas as, uh, as the presumed favorite, as the number one team, unbeaten. Uh, you know, do, do they have, uh, or no, Blackhawk still has the longest uh, winning streak, right? Uh, there's his, what, 60-some games now? Uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Blackhawk is up to 73 games. 73. Goodness. Uh, but Aquinas, one of the longer winning streaks in the state, certainly 34 games, as you note in your, uh, in your previews for this week, division three, is it uh, Aquinas and then everybody else, or, or where are we looking at in division uh, three? You know, I think division three is maybe the deepest as far as the amount of teams that, that could win the state title. You know, I, Aquinas is still my favorite in Division Three, but you know it's they're a team that that relies a lot on the three ball and a lot on steals. I mean, you know, but in the past they've proven that it works. You know they've they've made over 200 three pointers this season, um, average over 13 steals per game. So it, you know as long as that defense holds and they can make you make those outside shots, they're going to be a tough team to beat with that really good guard play. But you know, as a whole, even in that their their uh, their sectional, Saint Croix Falls is a is a team that's hungry and, and trying to get to the state tournament last year. Um, you know, didn't get there, and this year they got to deal with Nielsville, and Nielsville 
only has one loss against Wauwatosa West, who we mentioned earlier, knocking off Brookfield Central. So, you know, that's a very tough matchup there. And even on the other, uh, in uh, sectional two, uh, Wrightstown, who reached the state tournament last season, um, I, I, I think they're the clear favorite in that one, even though Bonduel is undefeated. Bonduel, you know, moving up from Division Four makes things a little, little more difficult um, when you have to face a very strong Wrightstown team. And, you know, it's, it doesn't really get any easier in those other two sectionals, to be honest. I mean, sectional three, you got Marshall um, going up against Lodi, and then, you know, Lake Mills um, getting the three seed and having to travel to Prairie du Chien, and that one should be a very good contest. Um, just a couple weeks ago, Marshall knocked off uh, Lake Mills, so we'll see if maybe they can match up again in a sectional final. And then on, in sectional four, you have a Winnebago Lutheran team who is undefeated and got the three seed. Um, you know, that... It, part of that is, you know, Howard's Grove got the one, and they're in the same conference as Oostburg, who got the two. So uh, Winnebago Lutheran will have to travel to Oostburg for that contest. But, you know, as a whole, in Division Three, there's just a lot of good teams, and there's going to be very good battles in sectional play. You know, I, I didn't ask you about, uh, you know, the, the seeding for sectionals and how that went, but um, maybe since we're talking about it with an undefeated Winnebago Lutheran team getting a three seed behind two different teams from the same conference, how do you think the seeding went for sectionals uh, as you looked over it? And were there any other anomalies or anything that stands out or, or how surprising is it maybe that Winnebago Lutheran did get a three in that group? You know, it's, I think still, it's still surprising. Obviously, Oostburg had a very good season, but when a team's undefeated, it's it's uh, tough not to give them the home game in that in that sectional semifinal. Um, but you know, in the end, it, when you get two teams from the same conference in that seeding meeting, it's a lot of times how it goes. But uh, the other one of note, and I did kind of mention it a little bit, it, it stays right here in Division Three. It's Lake Mills having to travel to Prairie du Chien. You know, that's kind of uh, splitting hairs there. But I, I do think that Lake Mills probably deserved the the two seed there, but you know, they will have to to battle on the road. All right. Well, Division Three, as you said, some really, really strong teams, especially when you look at, again, a, a undefeated team getting a three seed and uh, a, a two-loss Lake Mills getting a three, or a three seed. So one that uh, maybe has, uh, you know, more, more contenders or more intrigue than some of the other ones. But let's turn our attention to Division Four, where Aquinas moves out open things up for some other teams. Um, I believe Michigan has been the top-ranked team since uh, Aquinas has, has moved out. So what are we looking at in Division three, uh, Division 4? Excuse me, top teams, top games, uh, you know, things of note in Division 4. Yeah, Michigan's a clear favorite in Division 4. Um, you mentioned Mar uh, Aquinas going up from 4 to 3, and actually when, when those changes were made, just about every team that was ranked in Division 4 moved up to Division 3. That's part of why Division 3 is, is so loaded now in sectional play. Uh, but, you know, there's still some intriguing matchups. Um, open the door up for a lot of teams to, to get to sectional play um, after those changes. Uh, probably the biggest contest, I would say, in, in sectional semifinal play is Crandon traveling to Randolph. Uh, Crandon has, has been to the state tournament. They were there last year. Um, and then uh, a couple of years in the Years ago, they were there as well, um, facing Aquinas in both of those those uh, state trips. But that one should be a very good matchup um, in Division Four. Um, also in Division Four, 
would be uh, um, my next one in there would probably be Auburndale um, traveling to Cochrane Fountain City. Um, another toss-up as far as, you know, teams from, um, you know, relatively strong conferences, you know, Auburndale and the Merrillwood Mer South, you know, having to travel to the Dairyland, going to Cochrane Fountain City. So um, very, very interested to see who wins that one. As as noted earlier, they will get the they will get Bangor, who advanced after Hillsborough had to forfeit that contest. Yeah, I feel really bad for my good friend and, and next door neighbor, Scott Egan, the head coach at Hillsborough and, and his Tiger uh, team. Um, you know, certainly were, were underdogs uh, against Bangor, but would have loved to see them at least get the chance to uh, to do that. They did get a chance to uh, to receive a regional tra uh, championship trophy and you know celebrate that opportunity, and then had to get shut down uh, after that one. So uh, th that's it, that's the only sectional game that's that's had to be impacted, right? I think. Yeah, that is the only one so far, at least. Hopefully, that's the only. Hopefully, that is the only. Um, so Division Four, uh, we're we're clear there. Division Five. Um, you know what? What are we looking at in Division Five? A division that was certainly impacted by those divisional changes with some teams moving up, but uh, you know what? What's left? Who's who's left in Division Five? Who are the favorites? What are some of the better games that we're looking forward to on Thursday? Uh, or, yeah, Thursday evening. Blackhawk is is certainly the favorite. Everybody's chasing them. Uh, winners of their last seventy three games, and that's the third longest winning streak in girls basketball state history. So it's a really a matter of can anybody slow down the Warriors, you know, led by Bailey Butler. She's putting up big time numbers, just under 30 points a game, um, a couple uh, quadruple doubles already this season as well. But, uh, you know, there's there's still some other good talent in Division five. You look at a Prairie Farm team that, you know, had only has only two losses at, to this point, And both of those losses were to Unity, uh, both by 10 points, I believe, and Unity moved up to Division three for the tournament and fell to St. Croix Falls. So, you know, uh, that's a couple quality losses for them. And then McDonald Central getting uh, Northwood. I think that should be a very good game as well. Northwood played uh, well against Prairie Farm in their last meeting. So I could see that one going either way. Um, but uh, it's, it has been and will continue to be who can, you know, deal with what Blackhawk has, um, you know, especially at the state tournament. Um, also, in, in sectional number three, um, we did have an upset. Um, Bangor, uh, excuse me, not Bangor, Royal lost to Highland in a regional final. I had Royal making it to the state tournament, and that opens up the door for, you know, some other teams in that sectional. Wazika Steuben plays Highland, and, you know, a good assumption team will get uh, independence. So, you know, th there's... There's uh, some upsets, intrigue, and and even like an Albany team, even though that they're in that same sectional as Blackhawk, you know, their only two losses are against Blackhawk. But the thing is, they got to beat Blackhawk to get to state. But uh, I think that one should be a very good contest as well if they match up. Blackhawk has rolled everyone for the most part this year. How how did Albany do against Blackhawk? Were they competitive games or were they were they still blowouts? Uh, for the most part, uh, you know blowouts but i they were some of the closer games that blackhawk has had this season and of close of course close being a relative term when it comes to blackhawk and their dominance over these last number of years uh norb i, I asked this of mark uh as well in you know with the girls being a little bit farther into the tournament maybe it you know maybe it's even a little bit more applicable to the girls but these changes that we saw this year with the tournament structure evening out the number of teams in the divisions reseeding after sectionals 
sectionals being hosted at you know a home facility instead of a neutral site. Um, are, are any of these changes things that you think could or should be looked at to continue into future years when we get back to normalcy? Any anything that that makes sense to you know continue um, from those changes? You know, I, it, with uh, the seating being different next year, so that'll be done by a computer. If, if that is correct, right, Travis? That's that's the plan. Yes, that's the plan. At least I think that's going to help things out a lot. But you know, I do like uh, maybe not exactly how they are right now. Is is the number of teams? Because I, I do think there probably should be um, you know a few less teams in Division One when Madison and Milwaukee teams are playing in the tournament. But I think even in out of the divisions, I think would be something to to look at. Um, you know, maybe not straight down the line, but you know, I, I think it really set up a lot more competitive games and regional play gives gives a team a chance at winning a regional game versus in the past where it's very, very difficult to to get matched up against a team that you had a chance against. So I, I think the overall competitiveness of that that early those early two games before regional final play, I think made it a little bit better across the board. Well, Norb, we've got a busy uh, week ahead of us with these uh, these girls' sectional games. Uh, again, sectional semifinals on Thursday, sectional finals on Saturday. Uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Sectional play is is a crazy time where you get some really great matchups. Sometimes even better than what we get at the state tournament. Uh, you get uh, you know a lot of games happening at at one time. Really fun to follow, and of course, with all the streaming that's available, uh, people can can get out and. Uh, and get out by get out. I mean, sit on their couch and and watch a lot of different games in in a uh, a very comfortable atmosphere and at one time. So, really exciting to uh, to get into sectional play for girls hoops and really looking forward to uh, again the uh, the state tournament next weekend. We were there, Norb. We were the about the last ones left in the building last year on Thursday night after uh, after things uh, wrapped up when the uh, final decision was made to to cancel the tournament. Um, it's going to be it's going to be nice to get back to to covering some state tournament games next week. Uh, so what do we have left? You know, obviously we've got the games themselves, but what what can we look forward to on WSN this week and next week as we wrap up wrap up this girls basketball season? Yeah, we'll have the the finalists for the WSN uh, basketball senior basketball awards, and then you know we'll have the predictions for those those region those sectional final games the. The predictions are already out for the sectional semifinals. Uh, we can also see, you know, those previews for the state tournament um, and, and some other things as well. So make sure to be checking out with sports.net early and often because there's going to be a lot of great content coming out over the, those next few days. And certainly uh, because it is a COVID year and because there are um, things that, that change all the time, um, we have developed our, our preliminary plans for this unique year with two different sites for for state tournament locations, and uh, we're, we're going we're going to have people covered still. Um, Norbert, uh, why don't you fill us in on kind of what plans are for uh, for covering the state tournament in this unique year with two different locations and games happening, uh, you know, staggered times and, and all that other stuff. What uh, what are we what are we going to be doing here at WSN? Yeah, we. Uh, I plan on being in the cross at the lacrosse center for those those three divisions, and you know, getting getting to see. Uh, I'm not sure which teams yet or which divisions yet, but getting to see uh, you know a lot of good basketball there. Then 
as far as I know, that you're heading up to Oshkosh and to, to watch those other two divisions. So, um, you know, we're going to have coverage on both both sites, and um, it, it's definitely going to be nice to see these teams at the state tournament because especially how last year ended, um, really going to be exciting to, to see some teams raise some gold balls this year. Certainly will be. I will be at Menominee Nation Arena again tentatively planned um, and uh, and checking out the action there as, as you said we still don't know and we might not know until after uh, after the games are completed this weekend I mean if, if they haven't announced it by now I, I have a feeling that they're waiting to see what teams actually make it before they make the decision but uh, we will find out soon likely on Saturday night maybe on Sunday which divisions will be at li- which location which teams will play at what times and uh, and how it all work but no matter what uh, you can follow, as, as Norbert said, uh, all of the information on WSN, uh, all kinds of preview information, whatever you're looking for, we've got it for you. If you're looking for information on the teams that make it to state, anything like that. Uh, great news this year with the setup that they did uh, with the two locations. Every game for the girls and the boys basketball state tournaments will be on TV, so you can watch those from the comfort of your couch. And great news for uh, the, the teams that make it. There will be uh, approximately a thousand fans uh, for, I believe, each game at the basketball state tournaments, which means roughly 500 uh, tickets for each team. Most of those uh, allocated to the schools and to the teams, and uh, it'll be a great atmosphere. Uh, it'll be, you know, what is it? I think it's six or seven thousand is the capacity at the Lacrosse Center. So it'll be, you know, what uh, less than 20 percent capacity, and it'll be a little little bit more at Menominee Nation Arena. I think that seats three or 4,000 maybe. Um, but, uh, you know, looking at 20 to 25% capacity there, it's going to be interesting, right, Norm? I know you've gone out and covered games and, you know, there's at most, what, been 100 people in the in the gym um, at most places. So to have 1,000 people in one place, it's going to be interesting next week. It's going to be great for the atmosphere because, you know, it's a lot of these these teams that have been bringing their own energy. So I think it'll be nice to get get on a state floor and, you know, kind of have the fans bring a little energy as well. And they can just worry about going out there and taking care of business. Good stuff, Norb. Uh, we're looking forward to it uh, a ton uh, to get out and, and cover these games and, and check out all the action at the uh, state tournaments. I just hope uh, the WIA and, and Todd Clark, our, our good friend there, the communications director, I hope they have some good places for us to watch the other games between, right? Because you know, if, if you're covering, let's say, the 9 o'clock game, um, the next game at that location I don't think would start until like one o'clock or something like that. So going to need some time and, and space to rest and relax and check out the other games. Hopefully they've got something, uh, something set up for us to take that in. Uh, but we are looking forward to it. It's going to be a great week of uh, not only sectional play this week, but next week with the girls basketball state tournament. Of course, make sure you check out all of our boys' basketball information with Mark Miller as well. He's got previews out on regional action coming this week. Uh, regional final set for Saturday. And don't forget, we're not very far away from that alternate spring season. Practices already started for swimming and diving. Next week, more uh, sports get underway. March 8th, football for that alternate season gets underway. We're making plans and getting things ready uh, for those seasons as well. So it's a busy time for, for high school sports. We love that it's busy. Much compare, much preferred compared to where we were at 11 months ago uh, with, with the shutdown. So we're very much looking forward to it. Uh, Norb, uh, again, great to have you uh, on, uh, keeping us uh, keeping us informed in girls hoops, and we'll uh, we'll chat at you again very soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. All right, for Norbert Durst, I am Travis Wilson. This has been a Wisports.net podcast. We'll see you at a game.